I was saying, Trevor, one of the best ways you can open an episode is uh, speaking of <laughs> chicken. And uh, I know we didn't get that, but uh, we got something like that, which is me talking about talking about. You know, chicken. yeah. You know what else we got? So. Uh, Jefferson Saverino quote tweeted RSL's highlight video of him, which is an extraordinary highlight video of him. And I, I forgot how many amazing goals he scored for RSL. It's yeah, going to be nice cool. to have a player who can shoot the ball from more than like a few feet out, like whenever he gets just a look. Really yeah, he, underrated skill that we haven't had in a while. I just got to like uh, make that clear. But second, oh, oh, no, I accidentally muted myself. I was, uh, I was really getting excited. very excited. I was getting worked up. Somebody, like he quoted it, put a heart in a house. Love to see it. Somebody responded and said, uh, Suacasa Esciadade do Galo, Halo. I don't know how you say it in Spanish, which translates to your home is Rooster City, Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson, where is Rooster City? <laughs> that's, uh, is that's, Minero like yeah. known as Rooster City? Um, yeah. What's the. Never mind. I'm not going to. You guys are going right. to Google that way it faster. Colloquially known as Gallo. Gallo. And there's only one L, so I guess it makes the L sound. Your home is Rooster City, is a really funny I was going to say, Rooster is Gallo. I thought it was two L's. It's just one L, apparently. Uh, it's Portuguese, though, so. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did I say Spanish? Is, I meant Portuguese. Whatever. My knowledge of Portuguese is even worse than my knowledge of Spanish, so. The uh, weird thing about uh, Portuguese is that their R's make an H sound. Yeah. Which That's is very, very confusing for me. Anyway, well, it's, well, it's, it's not like a straight H sound. It's like a like a like a back of the throat H sound. Welcome to episode eighty uh, eight. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> of or eighty eight of uh, Off the Crossbar. Are we also like podcast? You guys know the Haseba kid? Haseba. You know that guy? Nope. On no. TikTok? No. Nope. Am I the only one on this podcast that watches that has a tic, an active TikTok account? Not that I, I have post. a TikTok account. You watch TikToks? No. What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing on this podcast if not I, watching TikToks? I watch TikToks that my sister sends to me, and then I watch TikToks that get posted on my <sighs> Twitter timeline. Guys, there's yeah. some kid that's like out in the middle of nowhere in Portugal who... Oh, wait. Is this the, the like lights out soccer player kid? Well... The RSL show occasionally tweets oh, out? Oh, probably. Yeah, because he's a meme. And they love memes over at the RSL show. This is an anti-meme podcast. <laughs> we just love TikTok. Just for the joy of it, for the love of the game is why we love TikTok. It's not for the virality. It's not for the loops. It's not for the it's numbers. not for the numbers. It's not for the views. It's not for the not likes. for the engagements. It's for the straight-up love of the game where we just uh, mindlessly watch clips for hours on end until our brains turn into a puddle. Like I've that been, new emoji. I I've been watching uh, like an old British guy talking about old camera lenses. That rules. But I can switch to TikTok if you want. Oh, well, that's probably on TikTok because another thing that rec- is recommended to me on TikTok all the time. Uh, you know how we love maps on this podcast? Oh, yeah. I get there's like competitive map viewing and locating where one like there are a few guys that do it that post their clips on TikTok where they essentially are shown a picture in like a, in a they're shown a picture for like half a second and then they can instantly tell you anywhere in the world where that picture is located like is instantly. this uh like dudes playing geoguesser or is this like it's that and then there's also there's yeah so there's that for sure and then there's yeah. also just like map nerd there's i'm pretty sure a guy that his name is map nerd on tiktok yeah, I've, just, I've seen 
map nerd. He's the guy. Yeah, yeah, I I can't remember the TikTok I watched, but he like went into specific detail about why. Oh, it was the it was one about um friggin' that place up in oh Point Roberts Wisconsin? up in Washington. Oh, there's Not the Point Roberts, the other one, the one, the one in, in, in Minnesota or Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. where they he accidentally drew like, the, the history of that. Yeah, they they didn't know. They thought they were below the 49th parallel or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that guy awesome. that does that stuff. This is well, also just the guys as a disclaimer. That play GeoGuessr are fun. Yeah, those guys are super fun. As a disclaimer, this is a you might hear Kyle eating on this episode episode because I know that happened only once before. I'll try to keep the clanking of a. I'm I'm this time I'm not cutting with cutlery on a plate, so hopefully there's less of that. If I sound like I've got something in my mouth, it's food. because he's got something the rant in his mouth. that I was gonna make that I oh, yeah. wanted. I didn't necessarily want to save it, but I, I did. Um, Here's the thing. So normally I don't, I, if, if I'm, if I'm in a pinch and I need something with like a lot of protein or something, I usually just get Chipotle because it's pretty, it's like a pretty cheap, give you a lot of food. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it, it, what's the hmm part? The cheap part? Cheap. It's not cheap. I mean, for like, it, as it's much, famously called the Chipotle tax I mean, or the hipster as, tax as at a, Chipotle. As a fellow celiac, uh, it, it's pretty well priced for what you're getting. Dude, Trevor, we live in a world where we can't eat (laughs) S-H-I-T, man. (laughs) We are always struggling out here. Listen, I I get where you're coming from. It's a fair argument. All right. Chipotle still suffers from the hipster tax. And I just came. I was just in Vegas last weekend. I guess this is a... I'm going right into social hour. Let's do it. Uh, Everything was like way expensive there. But anyway, uh, back to Chipotle. So I normally just go... they, they, They like... The closest one for a long time to me over here was like the one in South uh, Southtown Mall, but they built like one in South Jordan and then like one in Riverton or Harriman or whatever. Um, so I will just go pick it up and they have like drive. They have like a drive through pickup lane that's like super quick. So I'll order on the app and I'll go pick it up. But didn't have time to do that today and um, kept putting off dinner. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't, I don't know what I was doing. Um, and then I was like, OK, getting it, getting this one delivered and open up the app and it's like, Hey, it's the week of the week of Cinco de Mayo. Uh, you get free, no delivery fees. I was like, mm, okay, oh. that's suspicious. That's, I mean, that's, that's cool, but feels a little suspicious. And then when you change it to delivery, it instantly gives you a message. That's like, uh, if you're looking at the delivery menu, prices are higher <laughs> on like menu <laughs> items. I was like, okay. And then when you like actually are like placing the order, um, Turns out the quote delivery fee, as it shows the polls, as it shows on your receipt, as you're pulling that up, it says one dollar delivery fee, and then the code for the Cinco de Mayo week to celebrate it was that one dollar off. And then in a separate section, they have a taxes and fees section that has a service fee <laughs> on top of that. I was like, what? What are we? What are we doing here? It's wow. insane. So they like raise the price of items on the menu, and then also raise the price. They give you like a they make the delivery fee only a dollar and then they put stuff in the service fee, I guess. Insane. Hilarious. Hilarious little scam <laughs> we've got going on. But like that's a super common thing. Like if you look at restaurants on DoorDash, it's always like way more expensive on DoorDash yeah. than it is to just yeah. go there. But Unless you find um, a hidden gem and then uh, yeah. sometimes that's not the case. You just order from there repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, the pollo asado at Chipotle, the new chicken they've got is, is pretty tasty. And I'm, it's really, 
I haven't gotten Chipotle a long time for a long time until like recently when I, I was in Sedona and everything else was closed. So I went to Chipotle at like 10 p.m. Uh, and then today. So it's been a Chipotle couple weeks for me where I've had it twice in two weeks. Um, Vegas. <laughs> so uh, social hour updates. I uh, the reason why I wasn't at the game on Saturday was because I um, well, first, last Wednesday, I went to a show at Soundwell, which I do like that venue, actually. Kind of weird, but I don't know if you guys have been. That's the one that's uh, downtown. It's kind of new, right? It is downtown. It is kind of, it's one of the newer ones. It's next to Lake Effect uh, on the, right there on 2nd South. Um, yeah, but anywho, uh, yeah. So when I saw Turnstile Citizen uh, Ceremony and Ikulu, and there was one other band, I can't remember. Um, crazy show. I am not used to like that show sold out that when the tickets were released like six months ago in like three seconds. So I, but I luckily had a friend who was able to get me in great show, uh, essentially waited to go to Vegas for another day. Cause I had friends that went on Wednesday, uh, waited another day, um, in order for me to go to that show. And I went to it and it was great. Uh, I don't know if anyone who was listening, who listens to this was also there, but uh yeah love to see it. i hadn't been to like a hardcore show in a very long time saw a lot of friends i hadn't seen in a while so that was good um so there was that and then i went to vegas and the reason why i went to vegas is because i had some friends who were, are nfl fans and who were down there for the nfl or wanted to go to the nfl draft which is it was like on thursday friday and saturday and the whole thing is like free i guess uh so you can just kind of go in and out or whatever and do whatever you want um chaos the nfl draft i i i went over there one day and um happened to be the day that weezer was playing a free show that night so i accidentally like saw weezer i didn't know that's who was was playing um and then i learned when i got over there and i was like oh i'm 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 seeing some i'm seeing the wheeze uh but yeah that was the only time i spent at the nfl draft um i gotta say just nfl a bunch of bunch of wild folks out there it's like comparing the the scene at an nfl event versus like soccer events just very different types of people um yeah really and then in vegas also so basically the whole weekend was just doing normal vegas stuff spent a lot of time by the pool which was great uh it was the weather was very lovely had like just the most chaotic interactions ever on the strip which of course that i think that's expected um, ate a lot of good food. Um, yeah. And then finished station 11, which is a great show. I don't know if either of you have watched that on HBO. Not me. Do you no. know what it's about? Do we, am I just, it sounds, it sounds familiar, but yeah, right, well, Google it. very good. Highly recommend that show. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it's like a, it's, it's, it's a post pandemic apocalyptic movie, but in oh, like, sure. um, very unique. I I think it's based on a book, but I don't know. I, from what I I, uh, I think people were saying it was like barely. It seemed to barely relate to the the book. I don't know how true that is, but yeah, by anyway, name John Mendel, novel Amazing. of the same name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that, and uh, I highly recommend if you haven't watched already. And then started the under uh, uh, started under the banner of heaven. Almost made it through the first episode, but somebody over here was falling asleep. So we, was it you or, uh, yeah, it was me. Nice. Um, 
and uh yeah so that's that that's a thing um other what than that service is that one on again that one's hulu and it's andrew okay. garfield and it looks it appears that they shot i think they shot it here it looks a lot of the stuff is very utah but um let's see what i mean what else is going on what else is what else is new in the world guys it's been a like a pretty uh depressing week yeah but we yeah. um <laughs> Um, you know, we distract ourselves with things that are, are good, but I, man, okay. Just super brief, uh, soapbox <laughs> as it were. Um, so you know how 2020 was a thing and like, there were like daily protests and like a ton of civil unrest widespread across the country, not obviously just here. Um, you know how like all of that was kind of just like funneled into like super minuscule, uh, not like barely existent liberal reforms of like voting locations at like an NBA stadium, you know how that all happened. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Kind of makes any, any protest after that feel very anemic, you know? So yeah, that, yesterday, that yesterday I was, I was downtown at, at, at a protest and I, uh i just i it's i i'm like i i couldn't just i couldn't stop thinking about like two years ago around the same time of year it's may yeah it was like this time of year two years ago um yeah guys i just i don't know it felt felt a little weird um just because yeah i don't know you know what i'm saying like it, it just it's just it's it's like obviously like all there's all this like righteous energy and uh it just kind of you know after we saw like what happened with like how 2020 played out uh it kind of just turned into like you know uh black lives matter uh presented by sprite you know what i'm saying like it's just like that's like what that year turned into so um among other things yeah yeah Yeah. it's just i don't know so you know love to see people out there but i'm just kind of i'm like it just it just feels kind of feels kind of bad um and anyway that's a lot of stuff a lot of organization needs to be uh taking place outside of the normal means in my opinion but anyway what are you guys been up to trevor having fun Um, over there (laughs) you're having you're having a great time we're not no honestly like um so i set a new year's resolution this year to like be more vulnerable so i'm going to be a little bit vulnerable here for a second uh this week sucks um today sucks a lot too um so i've been i've noticed just as a general like self evaluation thing that it's a lot easier for me to like be angry and upset um like that's the emotion that like comes easiest to me and generally that's it not like a problem like i don't like have a temper or anything like that um just as a general state of mind i'm generally more upset than i am happy like as a human so i realized that a few years ago and so i've been trying to like try to focus on the happy things and i've just kind of had to do that a lot this last week um and especially today um my child has a dog um that over the past two or three months um just started getting sicker and sicker. Um, they were finally able to take him into a vet and the vet said that he more than likely developed a brain tumor. Um, but in order to like diagnose it properly and treat it, like it would have cost thousands and thousands of dollars. And there was that like no guarantee that anything would work. Um, 
So for the last two or three months, he's just slowly been deteriorating. He went blind um, like three months ago. And just over the last couple of weeks, it's just been really downhill. And uh, today they had to put him down. So it's been real rough dealing with that, knowing that that was going to happen. Um, I'm sorry, and, man. Yeah, it really is like just the worst. We had to do that. Yeah. So um, a couple of years ago with like the family dog that we had had forever. And it's just like. It really is the worst, especially yeah. um, when you've had a kid that's like grown up with that dog, too. It's like it's. uh yeah, the, whole, the, and, whole um, thing. the dog wasn't uh, Milo. Um, was only about six six years old. Uh, he was going to turn six this summer, so it was really, um, just yeah, a young dog. Um, happening with the kid that had the dog for most of their like life that they knew. Yeah. Um, just really, really rough, rough day. Um, but other than that, um, other than that, things are awesome, is what you're saying. <laughs> No, it's going to get a little bit sillier here, but in the last week, um, just work hasn't been great. Uh, I got pulled over, got a ticket for the first time in a year or two. Um, Just a couple of little things that just added up, and then today was not a good day. Um, But trying to focus on the positive, I did get, and this is going to be even more silly, I did get a new phone, finally. (laughs) This is something that we've been trying to do for years, not years. um, several months no my boss tried to get me to switch to iphone come on man we've got several uh like apps that we can use like we've all got laptops we've got software that we have to use yeah. and that software has apps that are available on iphone but not android and so i've been being bugged for the last three years to get an apple so that i can have those apps on my phone so that they can stop issuing me a laptop um, but I refuse because I don't like Apple. I don't use Apple. Everything I do and have is on Google. So sorry. Um, but no, we did get a new phone. We also, uh, were finally able to, um, try the coffee place. Lucas recommended which one our, our good friend, Lucas. Uh, I'm going to say that and I might get this wrong. Uh, blue copper was oh, one of his which, favorites. Nice. Wait, yeah. Which one did you go to? The one downtown ish. There's two. So there's one by Matt. And then yeah, there's one on the one by Matt. You went to the one on Ninth South. Yeah, the one on Ninth South. Went there, tried it. It's fantastic. It's great. I love it. Great coffee. Big fan of that. Um, also was able to get over to Sugar House Coffee, which is another one that's come highly recommended. Like the shop, not as good actual coffee, in my opinion. Agree, but still yeah. really good coffee. Yeah, like it's a, one of those. Shop too. Yeah. Yep. I, I really like that that location. It's like one of those places in Salt Lake that's been there forever um that it's a coffee i watched a tiktok about the different coffee phases (laughs) and i think that one is probably considered coffee two point uh coffee 2.0 or maybe like a 2.5 and blue copper is definitely like a uh, 3.0 um and if case if in case you were wondering the pandemic kind of pushed a lot of people into coffee 4.0 which is um a 3.0 yeah anyway blue copper (laughs) is its own roastery and i'm pretty sure sugar house coffee uses probably like salt lake roasting company which is kind of a salt i think i don't know i can't remember but so is it basically the 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 higher the number the more like hipstery the place is i'm gonna say hipstery what i mean is like you mean pour over coffee you essentially yeah grind your own beans and like yeah, it's very, it's very, it's uh coffee 3.0 is very much the, uh, uh, you, 
um, roast like they're they're a roastery as well, right? Okay. So like uh, Blue Copper so provides like- their coffee to other places, but they also have their shops. A big focus on the origins of the coffee, like where in the world it's coming from, uh, all of that stuff. So and then 4.0 is kind of doing those same things, but at home. Um, anyway, okay. like different methods of brewing at home rather than just kind of the uh, normal instant pot kind of thing. So. That's okay. coffee four point. <laughs> this is why I watch TikTok. It's very. It just knows me so well, and it just uh, it's like, like keeping track of MLS. It's it's oh, it's geez. it's surprisingly way less complicated, and I love it for that. I can easily follow coffee origins. Um, yeah, what's your like yeah. rules and structure, and like you can grade yeah. it against other. Anyway, never mind. I'm glad you went to Blue Copper though. I really like their coffee a lot. It's, it's really good. good. Um, you should go I to also, Freak Up sometime. They have my where? favorite three cups. That's my it's like my favorite shop and my favorite coffee. It's in holiday. Great gelato. Oh, it's in holiday. Okay. Yeah, great gelato. All right. I uh, they use solstice chocolate in their uh chocolate gelato. So yeah, it's I next to Caputo's or close to Caputo's. Yeah, um, like in the same little, you just said the name and I just forgot it. What's it called? Three cups. The number three, three cups. Cups. Yeah, it's 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 great. They're uh they they like they do a really good job with their baristas in particular. Um, they roast their own coffee in house. Um, you can buy beans there. They just have a nice space. They put a lot of focus into like the food that they serve there, but the coffee itself just always have such a great consistent experience there. And I love it. I used to work there every Friday. Um, when I lived closer and when I had a friend that was meeting me there every Friday, but, um, yeah, very near and dear to my, Sweet little heart, Trevor. Well, next time I'm in holiday, I'll try it out. You better. If I remember. You get lunch at Caputo's and dessert oh, and yes. coffee at, at Three Cups. And or you could go to, if you don't like Caputo's, Trevor, you go to Taqueria 27. You could go to oh, yeah. Tony Tony's Tony Burger, Tony's Burger, Tony Burgers, Tony Burgers, Tony Burgers, Tony's Burgers, <laughs> Tony's Burger. Okay. Um. <laughs> You can go to Harmon's, maybe. Yeah. Get a I little mean, cookie. I, 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 I have gone to Harmon's for lunch before. You what, yeah. Matt? I love like a chip and salami lunch. Like, wow. Harmon's is perfect yeah. for that. Yeah. You want a single chip and a single salami, Trevor? You can go to Harmon's. They've got a single chip for you just waiting. Just a little chip on a plate. I believe it. I love that. I trust it. I've been to Harmon's. So I know what they're about. I love it so much. Oh, guys, um, I was I was about to say it because they, they opened a, a new Harmon's over by me that I oh, watched I earlier. Daybreak. Yeah, it's, it's really. There. I know that one. Yeah, it's cute. I like it. I just love it. It's the same size as the. Yeah, it's the same size as the holiday one, except it's got a burger shop, like a burger oh, restaurant okay. upstairs. They've got one um, downtown, too. Yeah, it's at the it's that same just burger thing. Uh, I, like today was just a funny day in my neighborhood when I was at the gym. There was someone wearing a clone troopers outfit sorry I, it was corrected by my brother it's not stormtrooper it's a clone trooper um oh, okay. <laughs> and i so i was like <laughs> i was just like i had my eyes closed for a second i was like just like resting and i was listening to something and then i opened my eyes and there's just a clone trooper standing there and i was like <laughs> what and everyone was just like laughing and i had headphones in the whole time so like i don't know if he was like addressing the fact that people were just looking at him and like i mean obviously you know that that's what it's for uh great so watching him worked out working out was a complete treat and then when i left i was on my way home he was just like walking around outside of the cup bop and day, day break 
<laughs> he was just by himself, which was so funny oh, he because was, he was by himself. He was by himself, but what it was hilarious surprise. for me to see him at the gym, like lifting weights. And then like, like an hour later I drove and then I just saw him on the, like the street, like not, it, it, it seemed like he just had like walked over to the gym and then to cup up, which was just amazing. But anyway, I forgot to mention that that was a fun little delight I had today, but Trevor, I'm glad you're focusing on the the positive things because it's important to be able to do that. And it's really, it really hard sometimes. Uh, most, of the, most of the time, actually. Yeah. Most of the time these days, these, these years. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel, I mean, I feel the same way as you. Like I, uh, man, like I feel myself feeling lots of like existential dread about a lot of different things. Um, and it's really hard to like get yourself out of that mindset. So like it being, being, being able to like, uh, purposefully, purposely and purposefully think of, of good things that are, that you can focus on makes a big difference. Just that, uh, energy and that focus in and of itself. Speaking of good things, I saw a sunset tonight, dude, secret sunsets are like one of my favorite things on the planet. I love them. Sucker. Um, Tonight was a really good one. I was really happy about that. Yeah. And we're getting into the part of the year where like there's still snow on the mountains. So when you get like that Alpen glow, like you get Mm. the Alpen glow like on the mountains and the snow and it's and like the bottom of the mountains are green. So it's like green, white, and then pink. Just a lot of gorgeous, gorgeous colors. So go look at a sunset, guys. I don't know how people live in the plains. Like I don't well okay. Tell you a quick story. In 2008, I went and lived in Texas for like four months in the middle of the summer. And it was the end. It was near the end. I'd been there for like three, three and a half months. And I just like had like this kind of anxious kind of anxiety, not like bubbling to the surface, but just like underneath. I didn't really like feel comfortable and I didn't really know what it was about being where I was that that I was not feeling comfortable. And I didn't realize what it was until I got home. Like there's no mountains. There's no place where you can like go and like see out for a very far distance without like getting into a tall building. You know what I mean? But here, like you can just go to the mountains, get on the bench, you get a nice view. There's a lot of places where you can just see out and like being away from that was like really uncomfortable for me for a long time. I didn't realize like that I could get homesick or that I get homesick, but like, I do. It's crazy. I, it was, it was really weird for me to be away from mountains for that long. Yeah. yeah. That's how, yeah. Like when my brother came back from his mission, that was like the first thing that he was like, wow, was the mountains. So, and I've never yeah. left Utah for, for that long before. I don't know the longest I've been out of Utah, but every time, even if I'm gone for like a week or two, I come back, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Matt, what have you been up to? What's going on? Uh, not experiencing prairie madness, which is a concept that, you know, like that. I mean, it's, it's similar to that anxiety, probably a little higher because you're, you're yeah. experiencing like further levels of isolation. Sure. It's like cabin fever, prairie madness. Yeah. What's, what's the one you get on an Island where you just want to drive straight for a little, really long time. That's, Oh, I, I can't, I, I almost called it Island fever, but it can't be cabin fever and Island fever. That's maybe, not, maybe it's just cabin fever. Um, and I only know that because of, Muppet Treasure Island, one of the greatest films of a generation. <laughs> it really is. Is. It, is it rock fever? I don't know. My mom. Or is that something different? I mean, my, mom, uh, my mom went to school in Hawaii and oh. so did my sister actually. But when they were there, 
um, like they like they've just both told me that like after being there for like a certain amount of time, they're just like, I want to drive like really straight, really far for a really long time. Like just like an, a classic I-15 or like an I-80 yeah. drive where you drive for 900 miles, so like very straight anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, I went to Viva Chicken on the way back, Matt. Mm, good. Good. Massive, massive dub. Best. What, what a place. Anyway. Always sorry. good. You don't have prairie yeah. sickness. But, you know, it's it's an interesting thing, like when you realize, like as an adult, that you like long for the places you grew up. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if I remember the first time I felt that, but but I, I know there was a time when I didn't and a time when I did. And it's uh, yeah, it's a funny thing. Um, my social hour update is that I've been reading a bunch of short stories. Um, Ted Chiang, who wrote. Uh, the story of your life that became the movie Arrival. Uh, I've just finished uh, his book of short stories, Exhalation. A couple of novellas in there. Um, anyway, it's just incredibly good and well worth your attention. Um, it's what, maybe 350 pages of short stories. Uh, most of them pretty easy to get through. Uh, and just, he's a very philosophical writer, very considered writer. Um, and he, he likes that you know, that classic sci-fi concept of like taking one, one technological or like philosophical idea and drawing it out to like the a yeah. full story and testing the implications and, and seeing what happens. And I, I just really enjoy it. So highly recommended. His work has won four Nebula Awards, four Hugo Awards, the John W. Campbell Award for Best New Writer and four Locus Awards. Yeah, it's a Locus just, Award. It's, I don't know what any of those are. Basically, but that's he's a winning lot. a lot of awards for his books. Yeah, for his, and he doesn't do anything uh, long form. So Interesting. No novels to this, you know, to date at least, and and uh, I think he could, like his work translates reasonably well into novellas. Um, but but it's really the short story where he thrives, and I just can't recommend it highly enough. I love it. So exhalation, and then uh, he did another. Uh, um, set of short stories. Uh, oh, it's a uh, story of your life and others, which not, not the most exciting title, but truly, truly good. Um, Arrival is of course a good movie, uh, but it's, it's not, a, I mean, it, it is like the story, but it's not. And I think it's a really interesting exercise to see where that difference comes I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want it to sound sarcastic, but is Arrival like actually a good movie? Cause I've heard yeah. mixed it reviews. Yeah. And it was, uh, directed. Did he direct it? Uh, I'm uh, sure it was directed. Denis Villeneuve, uh, the guy who did like Blade Runner, Dune, uh, yeah. Um, prisoners, uh, what are there, some other movies? Um, just, he's great. I think okay. it's fantastic. So yeah, I really liked Arrival. I always get it um, in my brain. I like I do a little split second confusion between that and Annihilation, oh, which is yeah. another. It's Annihilation is uh, made by Alex Garland is just uh, stellar. Like one of my favorite <laughs> movies. Um, it's like the year it came out. I saw it like four times in theaters. Also based taking on a great book by Jeff Vandermeer. Uh, yes. Really excellent book. Yeah. Um, and Alex Garland has his next movie since making Annihilation is coming out uh, this month. I think it's called Men. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, uh, I caught up on Atlanta. And, oh, uh, I need to. It, I still need. 
I got all these shows, man. Such a good season. Um, And it's like, it's having fun with the TV format in some really interesting ways. So, just Atlanta? Yeah. Okay. I definitely just spilled my drink. One sec. Trevor and I can carry the podcast for the next 30 seconds, right? Oh, um, yeah. Um, right. Now I was just going to say, I need you guys to carry it so I can go get a glass of water. Oh, no. Keep coughing. We'll figure um, it out. Don't you worry about it. Hold on. I'm going to hit the pause button. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. Um, yeah. Sorry. I definitely uh, spilled a good portion of my beverage. It was such a dumb spill, too, but I've been, I've been a spiller lately and I, I don't know what's going on with me. Yeah, I mean, I've got a long and storied history of spilling things, so you're not alone. It's it's a new thing for me, and I'm not sure I like this new character development. I don't new know what. New year, new you. Somebody messed with my sliders, and I got all got all fricked up. Mm. Um, so, uh, boys, we could should we, we could probably should we talk soccer? We probably talk some sock. Trevor is shooing somebody away. Yeah, sorry, my roommate. Um, got involved don't worry about it (laughs) my roommate got involved (laughs) did your roommate also want to appear on off the crossbar ray also like podcast no okay does your roommate care about ray also like um not like you've like tried to try to get them to care a little bit right i mean he's not like opposed to it but (laughs) he's he's not antagonistic (laughs) it'd be way weirder if he were antagonistic about ray also like I yeah. love that you're drinking that much water out of a mason jar. That rules. That is a that actually looks kind of like a pickle jar. Yeah, is it is it a pickle jar? It is a mason court jar. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, it's a court. Wow. I think it's a court. It it's looks big, it looked big. Yeah, that looks I mean, that's a bigger than an average mason jar, right? I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. Should we, uh, pint? Talk about soccer now. Fine. We actually have news yeah. and rumors. It'd be it's hilarious if people had to wait 33 minutes. Wait. Actually, I Do mentioned we have rumors. Hold on. Well, Should we? The, I'm, I'm going to leave a footnote. Thirty-three thirty, end of social hour, <laughs> and we can try the thing where we put a marker there, and we satisfy the one percent of our audience that doesn't come only for social hour. I'm I assume serious. that's the, how it's, you know, set up. Yeah, um, and so my mom will know when to stop listening. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, guys, we're we're people. We exist in this world and we like and like I love talking to you guys about the stuff. I genuinely look forward to like hearing what you're up to. So, yeah, you're going to get this on pod because this is uh, time that we've set and defined as uh, time for us to to catch up with each other and keep in touch. So, um, you know, know, and if anyone. Yeah, I think it's always interesting to like hear what people are interested in. Me too. I love, I love it. it from I love podcasts it. that I listen to and uh, suffer. It rules listening, like hearing in, people's in, interests. In the words of my words of my mother, uh, suffer. Which she probably <laughs> will listen to this. So <laughs> you know, let us let us like Happy Mother's Day, Mom. That yeah, is like, such a mom thing to say too. It really is. Yeah. I, I just love any 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 that or suffer. Yeah, any enthusiasm that people have, like whether it's food, like if someone's just like a big like mac and cheese enthusiast, for example, like I would love to hear them talk about that for a long time. Because speaking of, sorry, never mind. Oh, I went to. I I keep having like uh, it's like as somebody's dying and the DMT is flashing like just through their brain. I'm just like remembering (laughs) all these things I did this week. I went to Zest yesterday, Matt, and I always like I love that place. 
and I got this barbecue, this barbecue jackfruit pineapple pizza, which probably sounds like just like to some people listening, just like the worst thing in the entire world. I don't world. know why you'd put pineapple on pizza, but and on. you are one of them, and it was so good. I think that sounds awesome. It ruled, Trevor. It was so good, and it was like also like. Really good gluten-free crust. It's a 100% vegan gluten-free restaurant. Okay. And uh, that's why I, I love Zest because I can comfortably go there. But where is where is Zest? Second South, Second West. Next, like across the street from Poplar and Red Rock. Anyway, All right. uh, we, we signed some players since yeah. we recorded last. Um, so we should start in the order uh, from most important to least important. Chris Cablon. Okay, I'm, I'm glad we were on the same page with this, but definitely not a joke. And it wasn't in the order on the document, so I yeah. was just for my own person. Just kidding. But um, but maybe we can go chronological yeah. order and, and finish Let's with the that. most exciting one. So uh, yes. first up is Anderson Julio, who I believe signed not long after we recorded our last episode. Oh, it was the next day because that's how that works. Yeah. We always yeah, record I think- an episode and something breaks the next day. Yeah, but we said like it was imminent, right? Like we we kind of knew that was was going on at that point. I can't remember if we explicitly said uh, that or not. We didn't note it in the document, but we probably said it. Okay, it might yeah. have been said. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it and, took, and, and, took yeah, five super months. Super right? interesting about that. Yeah. So it took so long. From from the first glance, it appeared that uh, like as the way like the way things were coming out, it appeared that we had. Um, that we had waited a long time. We're trying to wait out uh, his club to, we didn't want to meet their terms on the transfer fee. Um, And then it kind of seemed like we kind of got desperate, needed some signings after a really bad week um, and a run of results. And we paid a lot of money to get a player. We essentially met their transfer fee request to get a player four months after we probably should have had him if we were always just going to pay that transfer fee. But it was later determined that, that that wasn't the case, and essentially the transfer fee that they had been requesting was was two point five million dollars. And I, from what it sounds like, we ended up paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, which now is part, good. Part of me wonders if they had come down considerably already. I wonder too. Um, I don't if, know if they'd gone. You know, they hadn't registered him. It was clear they were just hoping for something from us. Uh, and you know, I think two hundred fifty thousand is probably about right for uh, Anderson Julio. Honestly. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, and the two point five. Um, I mean, that kind of lines up with what we were hearing, like rumored, like originally as the yeah. original price. Because, <coughs> excuse me, um, we were told that the asking price, the predetermined price, was probably too high. That like we were probably not going to pay it. Uh, I mean, before it ever even became an issue. I mean, it, it was kind of rumored that it would be a very high number, more than you should probably pay for that player. So that lines up, but definitely tracks. I'm, I'm sure they did um, lower the price bit by bit by bit. So at the end of the day, yeah, like the question for me is, or the thing that's not a question is like definite win, Elliott Fall, yeah, W for sure. It is unfortunate um, that he just hasn't played a competitive game since uh, the Portland playoff game. Yeah, yeah, he didn't get a preseason. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's rough. Um, but the question for me is like, though? is it is is it worth it to I mean, I know obviously like financially that puts the club in a great position because then we can go spend the remaining two point two five million dollars that we saved on Julio 
on a salary or on a transfer for another player, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second. So that's awesome. Yeah. But I don't think we find another player. Would it have been better to just like pay the money and have Anderson Julio this whole season? So I don't far? think so, actually. And is, the, is it is it a bad thing that we waited this long for Anderson Julio? Does it make does it make a difference? I, I, I have I have a, a, a point on that. And you want to know ahead. what I think that is? You mentioned that he didn't you guys mentioned that he didn't have a preseason. You know how this might work in our favor is that he's probably less inclined to start because apparently this club really believes in play, players having a preseason in order to start. Uh, unless your name is Demir Krylock, interestingly, um, uh, then you just get started and get re-injured. But I will say that I think this makes him the fact that we paid less and that he didn't have a preseason might work to our advantage because I think he's he's uh, going to be playing fewer minutes than had he been here all along. And I think that it's pretty clear that he is his big strength is being an impact energy sub in the last like. 30 minutes of a game that's yeah. when he's bad his best yeah. so i think that's I how we're most likely to see him uh in his first uh like probably 10 appearances i would assume maybe maybe a little fewer but i don't know okay so here's a question does he make sure. 10 appearances this year yeah oh i'm gonna take i'll take the no um, so we have if we set the over way, under at ten and a half. So we're okay, a third I'll of the way the through the season right we, we've got about 20 no i think we've got 20 Less than 25 games left. Yeah, okay. 20 and 25. Uh, yeah, he'll make over 10 appearances this season. And I will say also, I noticed that we only have one. Uh, I was looking at the calendar today because I'm trying to miss fewer games. I want to be at more in person. Um, I noticed that we only have one midweek regular season home game. And I did go on record as being incredibly pro regular season home games middle of the week. Mm-hmm. And now I'm even more mad about the Open Cup because I've been robbed of more home game opportunities in the middle of the week. So yeah. I, I no longer care, care about Champions League. This is all just a personal thing about me not having anything to do to go on a Wednesday night now. And now I'm mad. So thank you, RSL, for taking that away from me. They take it in your whole summer. I that it. Oh, it's so fun. I love I love a win. I lo- like imagine right now, guys, like think about how pretty the mountains were tonight. Think of how beautiful the weather was today. Um, it's got it got a bit of, a little bit of a spring chill in the air. Just imagine being just us chilling and chilling in person, eating cinnamon roasted almonds together. Matt probably has uh, dehydrated nerds, gummy clusters. I'm and we're just having until we're at a game together to bring them. And we are just having so much fun, Trevor, right now. But we're not. Well, we are. Just a different kind of fun. <laughs> imagine us having fun right now. Can you imagine? <laughs> Wouldn't that be ideal? Wouldn't that be ideal if we were just... Yes, would. I, Wouldn't I'm that just, be the alternative to what we're doing right now? The other thing is that I just watched a certain <laughs> player's highlight video earlier. Now I'm just like really desperate to like have some more fun times. So Yeah, more, well, you're going to have to wait three weeks. Dude, I, some of those goals... In there, I just remember some of those like, like there's one in particular, Matt. I think it was it was that game winning goal he had against Atlanta, like where Dunny on the call is like, or maybe oh, DJ says, well, like one of them says like they're gonna call it any second now, and right as he says that, Sovereno shoots from like 25 yards and just mm-hmm. drills it. I was with you. We were together in 35 that day. Like oh. and that was not a press box game. Yeah, and um, I just was thinking about how beautiful that moment was, and now I'm just like. 
why is there not a game? Why is there not a U.S. Open Cup game tonight that I could be at? But yeah. anyway, maybe maybe in three years from now, we'll finally win an Open Cup game and I can be have fun on a Wednesday. Hey, now that we've made signings, we're like, uh, we're going to make CCL, right? So <sighs> that's right. I mean, that's all, all we needed. We're, we're almost uh, there. Just just bodies. Yeah, um, I'm watching as Seattle's going to win this probably. But oh, it's going to be weird. Yeah, it should be noted um, at least that Seattle is currently in the second leg. It's the 70, like eighth minute. They're yeah. 1-0. We've kind of got one eye on that game. Yeah. We will, we will, it'll end by the time we are done. That's for well, dang sure. I, I mean, we could draw Matt, it out. We're minute 45. We've got 45 minutes to go. Oh, no. I'm, <laughs> 45 I'm minutes like, down. 45 <laughs> minutes to go. Let's go. I'm just saying extra time. That's all. I, oh, that would be. We could just keep this, we keep this party going as, yeah. as long as there's time on the clock. All right, so Anderson Julio, uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars reportedly, uh, yeah. not a designated player. Does take an international sign. We will get to that. Yeah, oh, and he does. He does, and well, also mean, well, that creates a problem. The club, yeah, it does. But the club also said he could appear as soon as this Saturday at Nashville, um, which is very soon. But I guess that- because. Uh, Trey was saying on Bleeding Claire and Cobalt, which got republished this evening. Um, but I, I heard the I heard the first pressing, and uh, he said that uh, due to him already have been have played here last year, I guess he he could be part of some like expedited uh, work visa process. So anyway, yeah, he potentially five month vacation. That's right. So just had to go exercise every day. Yeah. So he might he might play this Saturday it would be kind of interesting if he did. But I guess we'll yeah. see. Yeah. I I'm, um, I'm excited to have him back. Quick I, note. Yeah. Games on Sunday. Oh. oh. Okay, yeah. Sunday. See you Sunday, Sunday at 3 p.m. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And then we can go see Monster Trucks after. It'll be great. Could we? I don't. That's something that, like, we definitely oh, did. Like I, I don't know about you guys. I definitely did that as a kid, and it was a blast. And I feel like it would only be even more of a blast if I was able to buy and drink beer. Yeah, at monster trucks. Just watch some big trucks. Yeah, that rules. I, I will also say, speaking of action things, I want to go see. I need to go see Michael Bay's Ambulance. <laughs> no, you don't. That yes, movie do. looks so bad. Um, no, no. Speaking of things, hold on, hold on, hold Michael on. Bay is in our tour. There. Yeah, almost there. Oh boy! Watching. Okay. Oh wait, what? I I missed that. I thought we were talking about ambulance. Oh no, we were talking about ambulance, and then I saw Matt's face, and I switched over, and I watched what just happened. Yeah. Who scored that? Rui Diaz. Diaz Diaz Yep. I mean, it really shows the value that like a high-profile attacking signing can have on your club if it's the right one. And they're going to win the. They're going to win the Champions League. We haven't made a high-profile attacking signing like truly high-profile since Sabario. And, uh, and Sabario, like, this is the thing. I know that he's, like, the best player in club history in a lot of ways, and, like, he was a high-profile signing. Uh, easily top five all time. Uh, but, like, he wasn't a high-profile signing at all in the way that Lodero or Rui Diaz or even Jordan Morris was. Like... Yeah, he was just a guy that came from the Swiss oh, League. What a good and fan. plays for the Costa Rican national team, which at the time was like, okay, cool, I guess. Yeah, like, hey, don't talk about the Swiss League about our next signing. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna hear words. Wow, they're they're really gonna do it. 
And uh, those words are Real Salt Lake sign Chris Cablan. Cablan? Cablan? Cablan. Can I put it forth that... um, Oh, I'm seeing Michael Bay's ambulance. Sorry, that just had to... I have to see that movie. He's finally been freed from the shackles of Transformers, and he's back to blow some some things up. Okay, anyway. I'll go see it, but I'm not going to enjoy it. I already know that. (laughs) It's going to be an experience. Anyway, sorry. Cablan. Jake Gyllenhaal is... I've seen the trailer enough times to just know that it's... He's a maniac. I love him. I'm going to hate that movie so much. Um, I'm just putting it forth right now that Chris Cablan... did we get clarification on like how his name's actually pronounced? Do we know? Um, we making I mean, it up we probably we have that clarification, but I yeah, am it, just I'm making, not making it up. I read okay. it earlier. I just don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty right, sure. Well, here's the thing. His name is one letter away from Kablam. I'm going to call him Kablam. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's, that's his nickname. Well, no matter like. Kablan. From the get go, he's Kablam. No, it, you've got to pronounce it Kablam. And it'll no, be, it'll like, be he's, funnier and more accurate. He's going to score a goal and we're all just going to tweet kablam like that's. Oh, I can't wait for that. Kablam. It's it's unusual that we sign a defender that has goals under their belt, but we have. I love that. Uh, Now their goals in like the Swiss League and the Belgian second division and. What's like like that? But their goals. I. I have a problem with people that are like, oh, you only scored goals in like whatever league like. Scoring goals, like so you're still playing soccer. That. It's the same. Like it's not like in the Belgian league or in the Italian league or in whatever league. Like it's easier for left backs to score goals. Like yeah, it's still tough. Unless you're um, Teo Hernandez for AC Milan or Rafael Leao, like it's tough to score goals as an outside back. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll see where he plays. He's also played at center back and right back. He's right footed. Yeah, and um, the club did in their press release note that he has, um, oh, how'd they word it? Experience, experience in or or provides backup for it was experience in backup both, for uh, four man and three man back lines. Yeah, back three yeah. and a back four. So noted that they pointed that out. Yeah, we're probably going to see him at left side. wing center back or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I feel like. I've got feelings too. And my feelings are basically that we saw a completely different version of that for the first two or three games this year. And as long as we go back to that yeah. version of it, I'm fine. I yeah, just and, worry that yeah. we won't. Yeah, no, that's it's, fair. It, I'm not yeah, saying. And it, yeah. And it'll be interesting if we go back to the three, four, three, does he play that left mid role in the three, four, three? Cause Tate Schmidt like is actually, Tate Schmidt left, role? He, but he's left footed. It's just interesting. I, I really like Tate Schmidt in that role. I thought he was great. Specifically in the three, four, yeah. yeah yeah when he plays in the left midfield not when he plays left back or left winger but when he plays in the left midfield he's he's pretty good he's not when he bad has, when he has three defenders behind him i like that when yeah yeah when he's uh a left back and a back four it's been bad well and he um, doesn't have to worry about like left wing cover as well right exactly we've seen like cordova on the wing miriam on the wing they're not providing like defensive support like you'd want at a four two three one yeah and it's uh, it, I think Tate Schmidt has been one of the biggest victims of that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, so I'm very curious to see where he plays because it is interesting. I mean, he is primarily played at left back, is my understanding. But he, it is interesting that he's a a right footed left back. That's not super common. Yeah, he's uh, he's played about twice as many games, about ninety games at left back, about forty five at right back, and then the rest scattered across the field. 
Yeah. And then, so he played in both the uh, second and first tiers of, of, of Swiss football is my understanding. I think one of the yeah. teams he played for got relegated um, and played in the second division for a bit. Then he went to the second division in Belgium, in Belgium, Belgium, Belgium. And why tell me this? Uh, why is the Belgian second division called the Belgian first division B? <laughs> I think the B stands for Belgium. Yeah, but why is it called? <laughs> why is it I mean, called fair. the Belgian first division? But it's the second. So they have division. They have first division A, and then they have first division B. Yeah, and it's, it's like the second, second tier. B is the second highest division. Yeah, it's the second tier, but it's pre- yeah. it's still called the first division B. Yeah, is it one of those where it's like where like because in a lot of countries they have the pyramid and it like gets regionalized? Is the second division actually two divisions? Is that what we're saying? No. Well, the so first they, division is first division A. Yeah. And then you get relegated to first division B. Yes. So it's not regionalized at all. It's just the second division is yes. one, one B. Yeah. All yeah. right, cool. Good for Belgium. Yeah, I don't. That makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now. Man, and what's I just, Belgium? It's, just, it's what's a, Belgium? I know what Belgium is, but what a Belgium weird is a company. Country. Company is a country... Orders, country, France, company, Germany. What's, the difference? what's their language, yeah. Trevor? That's a popular. Uh, they speak French and German and Flemish, oh. which is kind of a Nailed combination it. of French and German, but it is its own language. Dutch is also a uh, an official language there. Is it? Yeah, according to Wikipedia, that. which is where I, mean, I, get I, I trust that. That makes sense because they're they're kind of close, but yeah. Okay, so. I have no idea why it's one uh, B, but it is, and uh, it's uh, yeah three zero. Three 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 zero. Oh, you're like five seconds ahead of me. You can't. Yeah, do that. same. I just saw the um, Ladero goal. I just want to make sure you buy. Was that Ladero that scored? That I was. Tell. Yeah, Jordan Morris is upset that he missed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he hit the post. So wow, I can't well, believe I they've actually done that. I so, can't uh, I believe that would have been. That would have been... Dude, that stadium is rocking. There's so many people oh, yeah. there. Um, Kyle, I guess you already poured one out for uh, Real Salt Lake as the first <laughs> team to win CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah. I am just... I'm in shambles. I It's not... I don't know. I don't... Did you want Seattle to lose? I kind of did. I mean, I, I wanted like, to be the first, but, like, that's not yeah, going to happen. But that's, that's, like, seven years in our future, like, at least. Dude, I wish you had not introduced me to Mark, because now I have a Seattle Sanders fan who, whom I like. Mm. And Oh, there's a couple of them. No, just Mark kidding. Mark is good. <laughs> For me, no, like, Mark's, I, the, Mark's, like, I the only one. I used to be that guy. Mark is cool. Um, Dan is cool. Yeah. Uh, Hibba's husband. Um, Aaron Kempo, who does work with okay, Aaron's do cool too, but I don't, I haven't been on a podcast with Aaron. I have with that's, Mark. That's that means fair. we share special podcasting brethren bond. And now uh, Jeremiah's I, a pretty cool, but I don't. I mean, he's he straddles the the same line Aaron. that we do between fan I'm and journalist sick. of the team. I'm sick. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, been no, genuinely, I gotta make sure this is clear. I feel real bad for Jordan. I was making fun of him just a second ago, but can you imagine like if that dude scored that goal in the Champions League final to give like his hometown team? I'm glad goal? it was Ladero. That would have been, <laughs> been a freaking moment, dude. You know, his dad is the team doctor. I heard yeah, that I on the broadcast. That. Yeah, earlier today, Doctor Doctor Morris, uh, Doctor El- 
Elder Morris. Um, what's his dad's name? Like Michael. Michael Morris. Michael Mor- yeah, Michael Morris. Yeah, I knew it was an alliteration. Yeah, pretty good. Um, wow, I can't anyway, believe they're so gonna we, do it. Oh, we signed Chris Kablam okay. and uh, Chris Kablam. There you go. Um, and we'll see what that looks like. Now, interestingly, his contract or his loan agreement oh. runs through yeah. July. Is uh, on which is, note, it is May. Should we probably also note that where he came from and who owns the team that he came from? Yeah, who, yeah, that's where definitely did he part come of from it. and who owns the team. There we go. I teed it up for you. <laughs> What's the team called? <laughs> yeah, we're all googling it. It's definitely it's, two words, and it's, it's definitely Waslan Beveren. Waslan Brotheran gave us their sweet brother, and uh, we have him now. Yeah, so they're owned yeah, by they're under the um the in, the blitz oh. the blitz umbrella, which is umbrella <laughs> without the end. <laughs> the blitz umbrella and uh yeah, so we've got we've got him from <laughs> so, which okay. Are we scouting players or are we just bringing back guys that, <laughs> that should, we, should we have Luke Mulholland on the podcast? We okay. I mean honestly 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 yes we should maybe not necessarily on the podcast but we should get like answers to that question yeah i i am i am genuinely curious somebody brought it up uh in the slack or on twitter or something like that just like asking the question like who is signed to this team that is a luke mahal and like product might not be the right word but that's what i mean like jasper leffelson uh, okay, cool. But he he was, he was a monarchs player. He yeah, he was a monarchs player, monarchs signing. Like and he, he got on a plane, lucked his way into this team because we can't seem to manage to keep people healthy. It, it was pure grit and determination, Trevor. Okay, yeah, it, he, it is he, it is an interesting question. In his eye. It is a super interesting question because everyone that we're signing now uh, appears to be players that we have either previously. <laughs> had on this team or are being brought in from another david blitzer project or are just straight up like homegrown players like like most of our signings the majority of our signings the last like two or three seasons have been homegrowns we've had a couple that weren't but every single off season for the last three years now i think we've signed three or four homegrown players yeah yeah um we went from like 15 homegrown signed to 32 quickly yeah. yeah, I'm making those numbers up. I don't, I don't know what the it, actual numbers are. It's, it's close to, thir- it's just over thirty, like total in the history. But we've signed a lot of like homegrown academy kids over the last couple of years, and it, I mean, granted, we definitely still need to give it time, and there so, have been some success stories, but yeah, Kapelhoff, been a lot that haven't really worked. Kapelhoff, I guess, but he came from within the league, so that, that doesn't count. Um, yeah, so you don't get credit for scouting that one. Yeah, because I, I, I scouted him. Yeah, Scout Caldwell. Yeah, our, their signings are either within the same within the league, which is good. You want those signings, right? Which are good depth signings, and Scott Caldwell and uh, Kapelhoff uh, have both been good. Uh, Kapelhoff got injured pretty quickly, and we haven't seen him since, which kind of sucks. But um, Silva and Glad have been great, so that's fine uh dude they're gonna do it i'm just yeah, dude, they just put on this is this is class coaching we put on freddie montero club legend will bruin club legend yes and, like you taking off guy. the guys that want it and putting on the guys that were there the whole time reagan Jordan, i guess yeah. the up-and-coming guy 
I don't know wow. anything about they put it. put in some children. But they put good in, for them they getting those guys to run field. out. Oh, dude, this is crazy yeah. that they're going to do it. You know, and, and Congrats to Seattle. I think yeah. let's talk about the concept or the, or the context a little bit here. Like they, yeah. in the first half, they had... Uh, uh, who's the the player that went down injured first? Knew who went out within the, in the fifteenth minute, and then Joao Paulo got injured as well. Went out in like the thirtieth minute, and then they scored after that, and have just held like haven't given up very. They gave up one big chance that I saw, yeah. and scored two more really good goals. The first goal was very fluky. The second two have just been they were they were nice, especially that second one, but. So just just an incredible achievement, and uh, yeah, it's a really good achievement. I mean, huge yeah. bummer that, that it wasn't like, us. And, it's it's but not us, like, but it like is our it was, DNA it was, to an extent. Which yeah, sucks. But, I I don't really like taking credit for that, but no, you got to give them credit yeah. because like they, this has been the goal for Seattle for the last like seven or eight years, like clearly, and like they've been working towards building this team for this moment. They did it. They did it. Good for them. They did it. Yep. That's, they just called it. Wow. Uh-oh. This is like an, a momentous thing for MLS, right? Like the, the mark has been yep. win champions league. Yep. And it's, it's been broken. Um, wow. Yeah. Shout out to Brian Schmetzer. Good coach. People are calling for his head a little bit. Stefan Fry, incredible goalkeeper. Just Wow. Honestly, insane. I was hoping they would storm the field, but <clears throat> Seattle, uh, weak, all, weak all sauce. 68,000 of them? Yes. Like, dude, it just happened in the... Did Fulham storm the field the other day after winning um, championship? No someone, idea. Someone stormed, the, someone stormed the field. Uh, uh, former RSL legend Kellen Rowe played yeah. a big chunk of that match, 75 minutes. Yeah, he came in for uh, New Who. Uh, Rusnak had a... Pivotal, pivotal moment well, there. Albert, Albert no, I just played. This is joke. It really is all that. Sorry. Was. Yeah. No, um, Albert. Uh, I love Kellen Rowe, but Albert is a very uh, good piece of that midfield. Like he's not. He's, he's not, not scoring. I, he possesses the ball really well. He's defending really well, and um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Feels kind of bad, honestly. Uh, but anyway. I mean, this is the trajectory Ray Salt Lake was on. I know. When Deloitte Hanson bought We were school. literally here. We were. We Thanks were here. a lot, Deloitte. We were literally here. We were at you this stage. Well before anyone else. We Okay. Anyway, it's fine. All right, moving on. I'm That's closing like what this. Makes me, it's not even. If, if I weren't an RSL fan, this wouldn't be getting to me, I think. Yeah. But it's just like, it sucks to see us having been this close um, and couldn't couldn't do it. And I then mean, just collapse. We, we did do it. We did do it. It definitely, yeah. it definitely sucks. And like, I'm not trying to take anything away from that, but like, I take some solace, and this is really like grasping for straws, and I get that. But I do take some solace in like being the team that like showed everybody like this is what can be done. You could do this, and like show it. Like, obviously, we didn't win, and that's a heartbreaking moment for the club. But like, we got there. And we were the first ones to get there. And like, there's something to be said about that. So yeah. like pat ourselves on the that's back fair. a little bit, a little bit. Teeny yeah, tiny bit. Yeah. I mean, we share in this victory. Yeah. This is our, we, we should be celebrating this. We should have our guys on the field lifting that trophy. I can also take solace in the fact that we lost to, um, uh, Northern Colorado hailstorm, 
on a Wednesday a couple weeks ago. We, uh, oh, we, man. We've never been further or farther away from uh, what yeah. I just witnessed. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> so the, the um, player that's going to get us there. Uh, wow, this is excellent timing, really. Oh, that was it's, really good. Uh, Jefferson Sovereigno. Uh, the prodigal son returns, although I don't think this is quite what the, story the prodigal, son, prodigal son, son is. Uh, but we sold him to Atletico Monero for like 1.5 million. Uh, we retained for some percentage, yeah. We retained 40% of, uh, of a sell on fee. Um, it wasn't like a multi party ownership. MLS, I think, has no interest in going there. Um, and I don't think would engage that. Uh, but Sovereign returns, we paid 2.5 million and. Uh, have an Atletico retains a two or a twenty percent sell on fee, I believe, is what's been reported, and uh, all that happened in the last week, and that's very exciting. Yeah, and it seems like they're really stoked to be coming back to Salt Lake. Yeah, um, yeah. Instant, like even before it was officially announced, we're talking like profile picture changes, posts by his wife on Instagram, all, all this, all this stuff. Uh, maybe they love the mountains i hey man it's pretty cool here i like it can't um, blame them yeah so i'm i'm just very very excited to to have him back um i the 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 ru- rumor saga leading up to this has been kind of chaotic but i'm <laughs> and obnoxious but i'm uh glad that we finally um that he's 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 coming in and we're we're getting our, our sweet sweet baby boy back. It's like if the pro, the prodigal son, you know, the good son in that story. He's like if the good son also left and then just also came back though, and yeah. there was no redemption arc. It was just like all good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe maybe we're the prodigal son. I and we have honestly, returned to him. Okay. Now we're talking. Oh, I like this nah, angle. We're a lot cooking more. with gas. Yeah. I love this. That's it. Um. Yeah. So just go watch the highlight video that um that rsl has been sharing i uh yeah it's i i just i he's just he's he's just good like he's just a really good player yeah and I, he's only ostensibly gotten better since he left um still scoring just incredible goals i'm just like he scored so many really, really, really good goals for for RSL that I haven't seen anyone. Like, when's the last time you saw anyone on RSL score like any of the goals that he? I mean, it's all only been him for the last like five years. Rubio Rubin's goal against San Jose. Okay, he last had season. an absurd by bicycle kick, which Savarino hasn't done. But I'm talking like Savarino. Like, how many of his goals were from at the 18 or outside the 18? Sure, like, like with regularity, Sabarino yes. takes the cake for sure. Like mo- yeah. most of his goals like, for RSL obviously. came from outside the 18, I think. And it's just, yeah. we don't, we have not had that other than him in the last like six years. So yeah. Uh, like Demir Krylock's the closest, but his aren't like these beautiful, like finessed shots that Sabarino has. But anyway, and he's just like good on the ball. He's stronger than you'd expect on the ball. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm stoked. So, so he's a designated player on this on this team, and I think that's he, a good DP signing. It is. No, yeah. it's a great signing. Um, yeah, let's just keep focusing on Sabarino. I was going to turn it to talk about like how it doesn't really solve any of our problems, but no, Sabarino. We'll um, obviously, we'll, we'll get, there. get there. Sabarino is a massive upgrade. Um, I don't want to talk too much crap on Michael Chang, but. 
I think it's obvious that Saverino slots in in what has been Chang's position. Um, and it's a it's a massive upgrade in that position. Um, yeah, for this team, I don't know that it necessarily like solves all of our attack problems, but it's gonna it's gonna do a real good job of covering up a lot of the problems that we've been having. Yeah, it also it also creates some space on the field, and I think I don't know. Should we talk about like roster construction at this point? Because I think that's the fourth bullet on your. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I I think like he. I think it's worth focusing on that point for a second that he he does create space that yeah like a Michael Chang does not right like Michael Chang as as surprisingly good as he's been for this team in the last year uh, and one of the the highlights which is uh, unexpected to say the least yeah uh, he's not drawing players away right uh, he's no. not that dangerous on the ball he's got a, a reasonably good cross I think he's a smart player. Uh, who can spot things as they're happening, uh, but he doesn't have the skill set of a, a Savarino, or really of a Justin Miram or any great wing player. Sure. Um, and Savarino has that, but also has vision. Yeah. And we haven't had a player with vision in um, since Savarino, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. okay, you could argue Rusnak has good vision and he did just win Champions League. So I guess. We can say Savarina or uh, no, Rusnak had, I, but it, but I, it's a different type of vision, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to take umbrage with that. It's not yeah. the vision that we're looking for. It's not the vision we're talking about. It's creative vision. We haven't had that since yes. Savarino or Javier Morales. Yeah, Albert's an incredible passer of the ball, and I think he like his biggest strengths, especially like as his position on this team on Arousal Lake, and apparently as he's playing for Seattle, which is probably his most natural position at this stage in his career, which um, he appears to be very good at is like a, a holding midfielder that's like able to possess and pass the ball. And I think he's really good at that. I, he's not the most creative or dynamic player, he's but an I think eight, right? he is an eight. He's absolutely yeah. an eight and he's playing and, that role really well for Seattle. And we said it on the podcast lots of times. And uh, yeah. it's it's interesting to see him playing there, and I I don't think it's because we're extra smart and extra insightful. No. Uh, it's no, we because just, it was pretty obvious. It, it absolutely was, and we could see his like the, his strengths, and like when we when we were good at possessing the ball, it was because Albert had a lot of touches on the ball. At times, our criticisms were that like if we're relying on him supposedly as a scorer or a like final key pass player he's not anywhere near the areas of the field where he should be doing that but the things that he was doing really well was like possessing the ball switching the ball and transitioning the ball like in the midfield and uh we we really do not have that right now which yeah. i guess as we talk about our roster but yeah Savarino has the, that creative vision that um that no one else on this roster has Sometimes we see like flashes of things from players, but like Savarino's within the last. When when did we get him? Twenty seventeen. Since then, he's yeah. always been uh, the best at that that we've had during that time but, frame. To be clear, we shouldn't, and this isn't um, dogging on Savarino. He he's not that player. Like he's not the Javier Morales. Like he's still he's not, still no. definitely like a step below. Like we didn't just solve all of our creative issues by bringing back Savarino. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a number 10. We, he's not he's, we, we he's not a number 10. The, we papered over some of the cracks, but like it's still a problem. Yeah, midfield is is an issue still still for sure. Yeah, he's he's not a number he's not a number 10. He's not a hobby. I also have feelings. Um but before we get there, uh he joins as a designated player. 
which totally expected. Uh, in that process, we've learned that Sergio Cordova and Demir Krylik are both designated players. Krylik we knew. Uh, Cordoba we did not. And uh, I don't think anyone's particularly pleased about that one. No, and uh, r- completely rightly so. I mean, I'm I'm not pleased for a number of reasons about it. The obvious one being that Cordova's not that talented of a player. Yeah. He doesn't deserve to take that roster spot, and I don't think it's in- unfair to say that. If he if he is being paid that much money, like we're overpaying for him. Yeah. Um, but besides the performance on the field aspect, when he was brought over, he's brought over on loan. I don't know that you can have a DP player on loan. You can. I didn't look into it. You can. You can? Okay. Well, yeah. sure. He's brought over on loan, which is weird to make that player a DP, but like I guess it's legal, so that's fine. But he wasn't announced as a DP when he was brought over um he hasn't like been performing like a dp this is just something that like elliot fall just dropped in a radio conversation um after he's been here for like three or four months like oh yeah by the way he he's a dp guys like yeah so what what is that so like, I, i've from got a club communication standpoint yeah what, that's garbage that's really trash so i think we can explain it a little bit uh not from the communication standpoint and i think that's fair um, but from like a, a salary budget accounting perspective, uh, they so if he so we now have some insight into his salary, right? Or if we're paying like a monthly loan fee, which would be very un like maybe not unusual, but for me a little distressing for sending money to another blitzer club for to yeah. pay their player anyway. Uh-huh. Um, so so let's just assume then that he's probably in the what the the one that, to one point five million dollar range in that salary. we're not money laundering. I mean, that'd to be, get Cordova. That'd be incredible. <laughs> um, what what making him a designated player does is that brings his salary impact down to the max uh, designated player charge, which is what six hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. I thought it was so. six eighty, but yeah, it's yeah, it's in, in that the, range. In the sixes, it, it goes up a little bit each year, and then when there's a new CBA, it'll jump again, most likely, or or we'll see a totally new league. Um, and so by doing that, they, they could open up like $300,000 in cap space potentially without having to spend additional like targeted allocation money to bring him down under that charge, allowing the team then to spend that on say Anderson Julio to bring him under, to bring him in and keep that under a designated player charge. Or, I mean, I, I can't imagine that our, that Chris Kablam is coming in as a dex, you know, in that range, but, but you never know. Right. Sure. Anyway. So, so I think there's an accounting purpose there and like that doesn't, it, we think about designated players as like the best players. And that's, I think the right way to think about it. Uh, but because we, I mean, Savarino is our first true DP uh, since the departure of Rusnak. And I think that that puts us in a position where, we've got those open slots and it, it behooves us to use them from a budget perspective, but it does not play well when you say, yeah, this, this guy we signed on loan, he's a, he's a designated player for us uh, because it, it doesn't match with what the expectation is. Really. We should have three great designated players who are above that max, you know, that max charge. Right. Yeah. And, or, or not, I don't know, but uh, that, that's the ideal world where, You've got three great players, and so you don't have that flexibility. Yeah, it just—I understand the 
there's roster rules and there's money that we don't know about. And I understand that like Elliot knows all those rules and he knows how to exploit those rules for his own advantage. And like, that's good. I trust Elliot to know that, that stuff way better than I do. And it probably, I'm sure in those numbers that we don't know, it makes sense to make Sergio Cordova a DP. Yeah. But it, like it, it also doesn't at the same time. Like if you just looking at the roster, we've been told that from the beginning of the season, we've been told that we're shopping for players. We're going to start investing in the club and we're going to start getting um, DP quality talent and it's coming soon or coming this summer or something like that. And we've had a whole bunch of rumors. Quayar is still a rumor. I think at this point, Yeah, I don't know how serious it is anymore, but I'm very serious in how much I like him. I love him too. He would be a great addition at this club, but it, it doesn't look good. It's not an easy sell to say it makes sense to make Cordova a DP because to, again, to your average fan, even to us at points, it's silly. And now we have three DPs. And to me, just knowing the way that this club has operated for the last three or four years, five or six years, it's just going to be a foil for them to say we can't sign any players because we've got three DPs on the roster. That's what even, I, that's my concern. Yeah. Even though we know, and we've been told that they're both tamable, which means they both can be bought down to be no longer a, a DP. And apparently we've got the money um, to do that in the reserves. Uh, but Elliot said today, which was concerning uh, again in the same interview that we have used a lot of our cap space, I think is, is what he said. So if we do buy down those players, how much cap space does that truly provide? It definitely provides room for us to add another DP. But if buying those players down doesn't create the six hundred fifty or six hundred eighty thousand dollars of cap space, then we still can't add a DP because we still need like that cap space. Yeah. And to me, it doesn't make any sense to why you could buy this player down to create that cap space. Why you wouldn't just do that? My understanding of the allocation money is that it's kind of a use it or lose it scheme. You only get it for specific years and you only get specific amounts to create your roster. So like, why aren't we just doing it? So a couple of thoughts, unless there. you're going to be like trading that money for something um, or you like, it's to me, it seems like you just don't have that money. You're telling everybody that we could do it, but it really just kind of me being a skeptical person and dealing with this club. It seems like you're just creating a foil to say later, uh, we couldn't bring anybody in because we already had three DPs and we, we couldn't make it work. Yeah, I hope they don't do that. Um, I think that would be a loss. Uh, Tam is an interesting thing because there there is some of it that expires. There is some that doesn't. Uh, there is some that you just get from the league. There is some that is discretionary and the owner must agree to spend their own money on it. Uh, and some of that expires at different rates. And the the stuff you're given by the league got like a two-year window to spend it uh the big advantage i think to holding on maybe that like if you're if you wait until the summer uh and and we clearly are the the window is closed we're not signing more players yeah we're, we're, we're done like, uh, and and we may sign somebody in the summer and that'd be great um if it's a less of a an allocation money burden to buy them down midway through their the year than it is at the start of the year. 
And MLS like incentivizes I, these things. And I think it's, it's, I mean, we joked last episode or two episodes ago about like bird rights and all these weird <laughs> things the NBA does. Uh, and I think I probably said like, oh, MLS isn't that complicated. And I'm going to retract that. It's very complicated. No, MLS is, very is, annoying. is insane. And this is what doesn't make sense to me. And maybe you can answer this question. Oh, if we have, let's just make up numbers because we don't know the numbers. We're not going to know the numbers. Sure. But if we have, let's say a million dollars in targeted allocation money, sure. TAM money, we could buy a player down now. And let's just say that costs $200,000 to buy that player down. Yeah. And then we have an open DP spot. Does our t- if we do that at the beginning of the season, then it costs two hundred thousand dollars. If we do that in the summer, then we only have to pay half that, so we'd have to pay a hundred thousand dollars, right? Potentially, yeah. Potentially, does that still come out of our million, or does our million does five hundred thousand dollars of it expire in the middle of the summer? So, like, no, it doesn't expire in the middle of the year. Okay, so all right, <laughs> so that makes sense, but again. So it would mean to accomplish the same thing for the back half of the season, it would save us a hundred thousand dollars. But potentially, um, right? And again, we're we're making up numbers, so we could 100%. save some money. But and this is and what it, I don't understand: real is like, money it's, that we're saving, right? It, it's right, it of course. It's, it's fake salary budget money. It's fake salary cap manipulation money. If that money, if that million dollars is going to expire at some point, again, I'm, I'm still back at like. I don't understand why we wouldn't just spend it at the beginning and just have it. Yeah. If we're going to use it to do something in the summer window so, or if it would, because to me, again, it would make more sense to use it at the beginning of the year, buy that player down and then bring in that DP player at the beginning of the season instead of oh, waiting sure, for the sure. summer. Yeah. But no, it I seems like that's our that. strategy is to plan for the sun. And this is another part of another problem that I have. We won't get into got a lot of later, maybe what we're planning for the summer at the beginning of the season. Yeah. We know that because we're already saving that targeted allocation money potentially for the summer window to potentially use it in the summer window. Yeah. So, so So like there's a long-term plan there, right? Can we establish that there's a long-term plan? I I think that's probably fair to say. The interesting thing is that uh, without an owner last year, uh, I, I'm relatively certain that Elliot had to not not pull some strings, but he had to dive deep into you know the non-discretionary targeted allocation money that the club he had, had. He had to find his loopholes. Yeah, and and I would not be surprised if last year we ended up overspending on allocation money that would expire at the end of this year, and we may not have a lot that expires at the end of this year, incentivizing us to wait further, right? Or to, sure. to find find the player we want. And I, it's easy for people around the club to say, oh, new ownership, blah, blah, blah. But but really, like, the situation with scouting at this club has radically changed. changed over the last two years. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait, hang on. Sorry. Yeah. Lost our head scout, didn't replace him, have the associate scout essentially running the show that we think. We I think, think he, he might be called head scout now. Okay. Well, he Still. has uh, not a lot of experience, from yeah. what I understand. And and then you combine that with uh, the way that we've been using the Blitzerbrella to like make our system work. I love that. I and love it's that. It's not term. like a feel good thing, right? Like 
it, it's not it a feel good thing to say, confidence. Oh, oh, we're part of a European, you know, soccer <laughs> umbrella. Yeah, and so no. we get their cast off sometimes. And like, when I, yeah. that can be effective, but it's, is it sexy? Not, not particularly. And I, and when I hear Elliot talk about like the accounting tricks to, you know, all of these different, the, the Tam Gam Kablam, I think of like, it kind of feels like these player movements are kind of like, similar like accounting tricks <laughs> like yeah i mean like this team we can fit the salary over here so we're gonna have this team pay this player's salary like a three a two-month loan is like pretty funny now, now there are options of course to extend right. that through this year and then interestingly through the end of next year which is unusual yeah it is interesting yeah because it's like two months anyway so yeah, there, the, the i just get kind of deal yeah. is is goofy yeah it's goofy, just kind of funny goofy. Like there's, there's clearly something like kind of weird with that. Like, and that's what kind of feels just like an accounting tricky. And that's, what's kind of like the not super feel good. You're part of this, you're part you know, the, the Brella, the the Brella seems to be, uh, you know, it Uh, seems to kind of function as like a Cayman Island would for certain people or something. Well, and and MLS may be that, right? Uh, Not not quite a tax haven, but MLS is paying these players, not not the clubs, right? Yeah. The clubs pay into MLS, but they're the clubs are not paying the contracts of these players. So yeah, it's essentially like a blitzer group club, theoretically, this is all theoretically, uh, may be able to send a player here, have MLS pay their contract, and they don't have to, to hold that same burden. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Again, this, I, I'm sure it's not this, but Sounds like money laundering. Like I mean, we <laughs> saw City Football Group do this exact thing, right? Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. Of course we did. Like yeah. this isn't the first time, but it just seems like really, really silly. Yeah. Or kind of, or kind Caden Clark and uh, New York Red Bulls. Oh my! What a what an annoyance that was. Where they they sold him to uh, Red Bull Their Leipzig. Own umbrella. Yeah. Loaned him back to MLS and had to pay like five hundred thousand dollars in general oh, allocation money. It was like what six fifty. I think it was six fifty all told. I yeah. think it was five hundred thousand for one and one hundred fifty for another. Oh um, man, and these clubs are. I mean, uh, Cincinnati was probably saying like that. That's great. You're gonna have to pay us a little more because this is your own damn fault. Another <laughs> another saying from my mom. That's right. Oh man. Anyway, so should we talk? Well, let's talk about roster construction. Yeah. Let's. Um, yeah. So we and, have and a pretty we, to be clear, a pretty funny team. Are we talking roster construction as far as like salary cap type no, stuff? No, like I, roster I was, designations, I or are like we talking about like tactical formation? Yeah, a tactical formation because okay. we were talking about how like Sabrina doesn't really sign, uh, he doesn't really solve our problems, and like especially with losing Albert Rusnak, we really haven't replaced him with anyone in the midfield who has a similar skill set. I was going to say Scott Caldwell, yeah, who's uh, now been dropped. Who, is a real guy that looks like that. Okay, I'm seeing him. Okay, <laughs> I'm just making sure he's still real. I think um, Scott Caldwell. So, okay. So he, here's 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 what we're working what we're working with offensively on like our forwards as as it were. We have Anderson, Julio, Justin Miram, Bobby Woods, Savarino, uh, Tate Schmidt is listed as a forward, which is funny. Rubio, Rubin, Joni Menendez, uh, Sergio Cordova. Um, and then what we have is a diff, uh, we have Jasper Loffelson, who's also been played as a forward, which is interesting. Kind of. And, and then we have, 
and also right back. And we've also have, of course, Michael Chang, who plays as a forward often. Um, the only true striker, I guess, is Bobby Wood and maybe Rubio Rubin. I yeah, guess. Yeah. I think Rubin is fair to say, although I, he was I would put those two as strikers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that leaves us to our midfield. Which is interesting because we have Scott Caldwell, Nick Beasler, Pablo Ruiz, Demir Krylock, Everton, Luiz. And those are the, that's really it. I mean, we have Michael Chang is listed. Uh, I don't know about that. Bodie Davis, Benitez, Jude Bodie Davis is a right back. Yeah. Um, so this midfield is kind of a problem because I listed a lot of players who can play on the wing or as a like ambiguously described as forward. Uh, midfield, Demir Krylock is either played as a as a striker or as as playing like a number 10 role which i don't think he's great it's like at. A, he plays it like a false 10 though right like a f- yeah it's really it, it fits mascarini i think we'll get there too yeah that's I, I sort of think like i don't think this roster is constructed for a beautiful attacking team yeah i think it's constructed for a route one team yeah um, which is concerning when you ha- like we sign a winger uh, in a, in Jefferson Sovereign, and it's like um, I'm not sure how that's going to look or what we're going to do here. But I we played a very different style under Freddie Juarez uh, and Mike Petke, I guess. Um, where I, I'm just I'm I've I've got some I've got some midfield concerns and we yeah. there's been a lot of uh, conversation lately about how Pablo Ruiz is having a like MVP like season which I'm very skeptical about um, due to some calculations that are taking place on on soccer sites and I understand that he's been he's been good. Um, I kind of feel like I, I'm not. I I don't know. Where do you, what are you guys feeling about Pablo Ruiz? Because he's a weird player. Because he's not. I don't think he's he's not a, like a great defensive midfielder. Like he seems to be beat very easily. I think his positioning. He's like fifth percentile in the league for uh, midfielders being dribbled past. Yeah. Which is uh, the bad side to be. And, and I, I saw people saying like, oh, people are really harsh on him because he shoots the ball over the bar all the time. And I'm like, well, yeah, there's that. But there's also like there's a lot of things like it, passing accuracy is very low uh, for what well, I would expect a, a player in that position to have. I agree. I just want to put the caveat in there that our entire team's passing accuracy is it's not the, ideal. It, which is a, uh, a symptom, symptom of, of this, the yeah, this one is, crap. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's fair. So I, what do you guys think Pablo Ruiz is doing like exceptionally well? I think, and I, I don't remember if I said this on Twitter or in our Slack group, but I think Pablo Ruiz is just like a victim of not having the right coach um, or playing in the right style. Like I genuinely think that he is a good player, could be a good player, yeah, great player. He's got a pretty unique skill set. He's not your traditional defensive midfielder, but that's probably where he's like best on the field is kind of a deep lying kind of get involved in the offense occasionally type player. Sure. Um, And I do think he does a lot of things well. They're just not really tackling players. Yeah. Which I mean, ostensibly that's what you want out of your defensive midfielder. Yeah. Or at least that's how like the style of play that we've been playing. You want like a tough tackling 
midfielder. Yeah. And I think this team has been trying to get two players to play as one player. We've been trying to play with like an Everton and a Pablo Ruiz and to try to make up for each other's deficiencies. And yeah, I think there's some obvious flaws in his game, but I do think there's some pretty serious upsides in a lot of other parts of his game. I think he's just not really the player that you want to play route one soccer. I think he could excel a lot more in a team that keeps the ball on the ground and passes the ball back and forth and and shuttles it through the midfield. And I I think he could be a lot more successful as that type of player. And I think if we were able to be that kind of team and get him involved in that kind of offense, I think he could be a much better player. Yeah. But I, yeah, the the talk all of a sudden of him coming up and being like an MVP caliber player I don't know that I buy because like Matt said, like there's a lot of glaring deficiencies in his game for his position on the field, stuff that he should be doing better. And he just simply isn't. And that he fits into a couple of molds that you could argue are MVP caliber, like, like molds. Like he does some things at an MVP level. I don't know that they like, affect the game the way you want an MVP to affect the game. They're they're not leading to goals. It's not leading to huge defensive stops. It's not he's not that. Like the MVP of this team I don't think is Pablo Ruiz, but you can spin some numbers to say that he's an excellent player and I don't think that's unfair. But MVP Oh, I think re- is a real stretch for me. Uh, he is our assist friend. leader. Yeah, um three yeah. yeah. He is he is very interesting. I don't I'm not quite sure how he's played the second most minutes out of anyone on this team also. Um next to Zach McMath. But I yeah, I don't know. I I I just have some big question marks around our midfield in general because I'm unclear how to best use Demir Kralak at this point. I don't I I I don't know. He wears the number eight, he doesn't play an eight. No, certainly I not. would love I just would have loved if if that could have been he's he scored some amazing goals for us in in positions that he probably wouldn't have been in if he were playing a natural eight role, which I get. And we just, it just I don't know. I, I, I get worried that we're just like there's just this patchwork thing going on where it's just like, let's keep signing this player, this player, this player and hope we can figure out something to make it all work together. And that's kind of how it felt before uh last season as well um where it's like okay we've got bobby wood rubio rubin anderson julio um joni menendez like where like what are we building towards like what i don't i don't know what like week to week i have no idea what our formation is going to be i don't know like we generally try to play the same style regardless which is like the heavy on the route one but we are set up differently depending on who's available which i don't know so like i don't know what our best formation is at this point I don't know really like the direction we're headed and maybe like things start to normalize and we figure that out. Um, so here's but the, the midfield thought. is a concern. I think the formation is only useful for consideration. And uh, I wouldn't have said this under other coaches, but under Pablo Mascarini, I think the, the formation is only a defensive consideration. Like once you get past, you've got four defenders in a mid and two midfielders or you have five defenders or three defenders and two to four midfielders. Everyone else, it's their instruction seems to be like chase down the ball, get on the end of things, move around, like have some spirit. 
do a goal. Yeah, there, there's there's not a cohesive team <laughs> plan yeah. strategy, like in in any real aspect. I mean, like their play on the field is kind of disjointed, and and it's kind of it's it's tough to put your finger on what they're trying to do offensively. You're not seeing patterns of play consistently. You're not seeing um meaningful purposeful possession or or you know anything anything really resembling that it, it's like matt said it, it kind of seems like it's a bunch of guys who are good at soccer kind of making it up as they go when they've got the ball now defensively it's a pretty stout team and, and it's pretty uh tough to break down tough to beat i mean we definitely can get beat we're not unbeatable but it's a pretty good defensive team Generally yeah. speaking, when we don't have the ball, it seems like we've got pretty not crystal clear ideas of what everybody's supposed to be doing, but they do it better and they do it more as a unit. But to go back to like you were saying with the formation and like the actual like roster build out, again, it's not really cohesive. There's it seems like a lot of times it's kind of let's just get these players on the field and hope it works out. And it seems like we're doing that when we build the roster and sign players. We've got a lot of players that it's like, we can bring Saverino back. Great. Let's get him back. That's the move. But like, what does that actually accomplish? Like on the field, we, we've got Chris Kablam. Like, what does that actually accomplish for us on the field? We, we've kind of needed a left back, but he's not the answer to a left back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, maybe he is. That's probably maybe. too early to say that's a little unfair, but it's not an inspired like, oh yeah, this is definitely our solution at left back. And Anderson Julio, again, kind of feels like a signing that we made because we can. Like he kind of solved some problems, but he w- it wasn't a position of need really. Yeah. It was just a player that was there and like we could have made a deal, so we made the deal. That's really like what it feels like. It doesn't feel like we're saying, okay, we need – this type of player, this type of player, this type of player, let's go get these sure. players that fit this mold. It's just kind of seems like, well, these two players are available and we could get them. So let's go get them. Also, we might need a left back. Who can we get that can play left back and make it easy for us to get them? Yeah. We oh, used perfect. to second division in Belgium. We've got a team yeah. with a guy that isn't playing for you and he's a left back. Great. Let's try it out. Like yeah. it's not cohesive. It's Do you not remember how often we used to hear like, I got, we would hear Mike Pecky say it, but like we, we used to look for specific, like like we would hear, we need this position. Like when's the last time we heard that? Like center back. Yeah. And it's been a while. Like when we were like, when we were in the hunt for Datkovich or whatever. Yeah. But like we used to be like, okay, we need, we need like a true, like number nine. We need a goal scoring number nine. Sam Johnson isn't cutting it or whatever. Like that was like, that was made explicit. Like they were straight up or like, Mike Pecky said that, like, we, we need to sign, <laughs> we, I need a striker and Sam Johnson's not that person. Um, yeah. like you can't, you can't make those, it's harder to make those demands or like saying what you need when it doesn't feel like we know what we are, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, that's why if this feels way more vibes based, that it's just like Sovereign is an incredible player. Like, does that, are we going to start playing in a way that you know, makes him very effective. Like, are we going to start playing to his strengths? I don't know. I, I don't know what our philosophy really is other than like work hard, run fast, kick ball. Or I, I know our defensive yeah. philosophy. 
What, what, which is what? Uh, I thought I knew it until I was pressed on it. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, our defensive philosophy is like we, we try not to hold possession in defense. Yeah. Uh, we are not concerned about possession generally. Sure. Uh, we'll try to, con- and we've seen this especially the last three or four games since New York City. Uh, we try to condense the midfield up against the, the defenders. Yep. And then we just let them come at us. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's how I, I, I didn't, I was not the LA galaxy game. I watched the replay of it. That's how I felt like, um, and I, I to, to be, uh, I thought that we did that pretty well. <laughs> yeah. It was the one thing we did really well, right? Yeah. We, and I, uh, it makes a big difference. I think when you have Justin glad in this lineup, yeah. IMO, um, Marcelo Silva has, I think he's, he's Marcelo a, Silva's a gotten, season. he's got, he's, he's having a great season and he's gotten better with, uh, like he's been constantly getting better. I feel like, which is, which is great. I think he like started out really strong, had a couple down years and then, um, he's, he's had, I, I really like Marcelo Silva a lot. Great, great goal. Too. But that, speaking of, yeah. speaking of the MVP conversation, like, that's who I'd put like either as Glad our team's MVP. Yeah, no, like, for sure. Those are the guys that stand out as like MVPs of this team. Yeah. Paul Catch. Ruiz doesn't. I can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> I mean, he he has a better than expected long pass percentage. Yeah. And he does lead the team in chances created. But Mainly because he's, like, he's yeah. taking corners, right? Yeah. And he's yeah. like eighth in the league in chances created. Yeah. Uh, scoring chances created. Or, yeah. So yeah, it, was an, it, was, it was another game. We scored in this game, which was good. Uh, it came from a corner and it was another one of our defenders scoring. So I'm pretty sure our defenders have the majority of our goals at this point, at least the plurality, um, which is kind of funny. Uh, kind of just speaks to, again, like I'm kind not sure what our... Indicative of our offensive struggles yeah and what our offensive identity is uh, it's just yeah and, yeah anyway notably we're more than 25 percent of the way through this season yes who was it there was somebody i feel like it was on twitter broke down the math and like compared pablo Mastroeni's seasons in colorado versus his time here at rsl i think it was in slack but yeah strictly as like a like a goal scored per 90 whatever like number and it was basically like Pablo Mastroeni had one really good year in Colorado, and that was because of how defensively sound they were. And then the rest of his time, just as a pure like offensive output, like his whole time in charge of any team that he's been in charge of has not been ideal. Like it's it's bad. It's not great offensive output anywhere. It's lowest of the league in terms of like goals scored by the end of the season, and like the goals per ninety is among the lowest of the league. Um, and they compared his time at Colorado versus his time here. Yeah. And the numbers match up. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're we're not scoring at an impressive rate. And yeah. Colorado's under Pablo was also not scoring at an impressive rate. And it all just kind of lines up. So, mm. like, cool that we're signing offensive players, but I, yeah, it, it doesn't – I can't imagine that it's going to make a huge dent in um, our, attack of, our attacking yeah. prowess because – that's what Pablo is like. That's him as a coach. He's not a good attacking coach. And he, and he didn't coach Saverino when he was here. So I'm like really wondering. I, I, ah, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic, but I'm like, really, I've got like a thing in my back of my mind. It's like, are we going to like, so that's a good question. Like, so what, I mean, we're probably getting a bit ahead of ourselves because we don't know what this is going to look like yet, but like, 
what if we don't see production from Saverino? Like, what does that tell us? <laughs> I it tells us Pablo's a bad coach. I, I'm just, I'm honestly I, I like hate to keep harping on it, but I don't believe in Pablo. Yeah, as like a long term plan for or a long term solution for this team. Like, it's clear that he's got some strengths, but it's clear that he's got some weaknesses, yeah. and we haven't seen any change from that in his time here. Like nothing new. There's no new developments. So we kind of know who he is at this point. Who do you think here is is here in three years or four years from? Let's do three years from today. So I May twenty twenty five. Do you think Savarino or Pablo Mastroeni is here? I think Savo Savarino is a much higher chance of being here than Pablo. Ooh, cool. and they're both Sava, like twenty percent for me. Savarino signed a three year deal. Well, four year deal. Sorry, deal, yeah. but it's. It's three plus one. So it's three guaranteed years plus one option year. But, but that's well, what's interesting to me is that like he clearly wanted to come back here. Like he could have gone to I mean, you're like if he wanted to go to a league in Europe, he could have like it's it's not crazy to me to, to think. No, that. it's not. But that's I just think with the length of the contract, the only reason that Savarino would not be here in three years is if he super excels and we sell him somewhere else. And that's sure. the goal, right? It's that's the goal. The- but. Again, like if he loves it here, I'm yeah, happy if he just to wants let him to stay, stay here. <laughs> if he wants to play here for the rest of his life, like happy to let him. Great player. And I I don't know what kind of deal Pablo Mastroini has, but I would hope that it's not a three year guaranteed with one option year. <laughs> yeah, I mean probably is. Coach I think Severino's got the longer contract of the two. Coach not coach knowing anything about it, but are, uh, I mean, we see in Europe they're they're almost meaningless, right? Contract lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in MLS, that's less the case. Uh, but Most I, coaches just get fired if, if they don't get, if they're not going to get their uh, contract renewed, right? Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out here. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, this, the rest of this year is going to be very interesting, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right now we're on like a, a maybe playoff proje- trajectory, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. As a club, if we don't make the playoffs, does Pablo survive? I, I that's, that's a great question. I, I mean, we're we're too early in the season. I think we but, don't know yeah. enough about these owners, right? I mean, the expectation with the roster we have at this point. I mean, the mid- midfield again is a huge issue. But it's like but if I, we don't, like we, we we gotta. There's got to be a midfield summer we don't signing. Know enough about the owners? You're right. But everything that we've been told and and told to expect from these owners is. They don't have any problem um, being one of the top salaries in the league. Um, they made that clear from the beginning. They, they don't have any problem buying players. They want to invest in the in the team, and like they expect success. Yeah, like we know that. We also, um, yeah, like so. If I think, especially in this league, like they've got to be smart enough to know that if you're not making the playoffs, you suck. Like you're a terrible team if you don't make the playoffs in this league. Yeah. You have to try to not make the playoffs in order to not make the playoffs. So I I gotta hope that they're smart enough to know that like if you have a coach that's just just squeaked his way into the playoffs on a wing and a prayer last year. Yeah. And then he if he doesn't make the playoffs the next year, like it's not good enough. Yeah, I'm fascinated. It shouldn't be good enough. And I they shouldn't be accepting it. Yeah. Well, let's uh I guess we'll see how the next ten games go. Yeah, that's gonna tell us what happens. Yeah. It'll be yeah, it'll be really interesting. Like I, I love Sava. I'm just yeah. 
I mean, I just really want us to be playing to our players' strengths, and I'm yes. worried about that at all times because <laughs> well, we've already seen we're not playing to Bobby Wood's strength. He's not an aerial guy. We're not that playing is, Ruby Rubin's strengths. We're also not an aerial guy. Sort of playing to Justin Miram's strengths. I guess he gets the ball yeah. on the flank and dribbles in, like. But other he does than dribble. That, um, well, I mean, you say yeah. that we're playing to Miriam's strengths, and like, there's a lot of times well, where it seems lightly. like we're, yeah, <laughs> it seems like we're allowing Miriam to play Miriam's game. But yeah. like, I would argue that we're doing that to the detriment of the team because oh, sure. Miriam's game is not ideal. That's kind of he's one of the only like bright attacking spots right now. Which yeah, is, but he's like, also the, he's he's for sure the guy that like you can count on three times a game, three or four times a game to see a double team dribble straight into that double team, lose the ball and make no effort to get the ball back. Like yeah. just give up on the play. Yeah. Like, consi- that's the most consistent part about Justin Miram's game. You know what I like thinking about though, is that maybe it's Saverino doing that instead pretty soon, which makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe we <laughs> let Sava do that because he's better if, at that. Yeah. If we let Sava do that, like the success rate of that would be much higher than Justin Miram and Michael Chang. I feel like for yeah. sure. Yeah. I don't think I that's mean, unfair. It has been, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I I lost track of where we are on, on the dock, uh, but I want to I want to ask a question. Sure, we if can. we want to engage or not, like sure. I'll let you guys make the decision. Um, after this Saverino signing, by my count, we've got thirty-four to thirty-five guys on the roster. <laughs> uh, <sighs> do we true. do we want to dig into the, into how that's not possible? Um. Or are we going to leave that for later? Let's leave that for later. I've got some feelings about the lack of transparency, and this is not a Real Salt Lake thing. I'm it's a league with. thing for sure. The, the league, when they instituted MLS Next Pro, like must have changed some things. Yeah, and not told not anybody about indicated it. that. Yeah, of course, told so, the teams. Oh, yeah, sure. because we seemingly are moving players uh, uh, or in signing players without any consideration of the rules that we thought we had. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, so yeah, we're be, operating on like half information. Yeah. The team has through their availability report, which is now the new injury report, um, mentioned week in, week out that there's five or six guys that are, quote, on assignment with the Monarchs. And it, we don't have any clue what that means. I mean, it could be uh, on loan, whether that's short term or season long. Sure. Th- that's the, it could be they could have a mechanism that allows them to do like single game loans yeah. or they could have a mechanism that says they're they're month long loans or season long loans or whatever. But we don't have any we don't have any clue. And it's incredibly annoying. <laughs> Trevor's, had, yeah. Trevor's had a day with that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm curious to see what we know by next time we record on that but yeah. um and i don't we were, like, I mean, know much more but maybe yeah. A so little. we yeah maybe so we we played la uh at home we beat la at home uh, marcelo silva scored our goal uh it was a pretty boring the first half was was pretty boring uh we did score and then at the very 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 end of the game <laughs> like the 91st minute uh LA Galaxy scores and uh, it was a pretty decent goal, I guess. Uh, Chicharito celebrates in front of the South End yet again. Uh, and then it turns out there's a little uh, VAR action for you where 
The goal was called back because um, a player in an offside position challenged Justin Glad for a ball that went over both of their heads to the eventual goal, goal scorer. And uh, it was called back, which was a good call. It was the correct call. And I'm not just saying that because it actually was. Um, so, yeah, that was good. Uh, love, love to win. Winning is good, especially against the Galaxy, uh, who's, who's a good team, um, who didn't play particularly well, but we defended uh really well and when we have justin glad in defense and marcelo silva in defense together i think good things happen defensively so yeah and i think that says a lot about justin glad's progression over the last three years because silva glad three years ago was sometimes touch and go and silva would make wild decisions and justin glad would be kind of caught out and uh, he's not caught out by those things nope and silva's doing them at less frequency and yeah something has shifted there and i think uh it's much to our benefit it's good. Yeah, it's a lot better. I mean, Justin Glad didn't play in that uh, game that we lost 6-0 or whatever. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's that speaks a lot to him. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, it, it pretty it was a game that happened. It was a good win. Uh, it was a very important win. It's very important to win these games at home. It's important to win every game. It's a very it's even more important to win them at home. So, yes, um, very stoked about that. Uh, we play Nashville this weekend, though, and to quote Trey Fitzgerald, we do not play well in big stadiums. We do not play well in against teams who are playing like their first actual like when we are playing away at a at a place for the first time. We don't play well there. Uh, he gave some more qualifiers. I can't remember what they were. I, Trey, Trey didn't sound very optimistic. <laughs> so. Um, Always makes I, me feel better about my not being optimistic. No, I mean, for sure. Like uh, Nashville just opened a gigantic soccer specific stadium. It's beautiful. Um, it's going to be rocking again. They tied their first uh, game on the opener. Um, and uh, they are out for blood this time. And I just hope it does. Don't, they don't kill poor Bro- uh, Bodie Davis, Andrew Brody Davis. Um, yeah, I, you know. Yeah. Hopefully Dax uh, keeps his, keeps his cool, and I hope his house isn't being stocked still or whatever. But I yeah. hope that doesn't bleed into injuring one of our sweet young boys again. Um, let's see what what, what a what weird else? game that was. What else, guys? What's going on? You guys, you guys looking forward to this one? It's a Sunday game. I feel like we don't play well on Sundays. That's another thing. No, it's uh, I think I the think Utah curse. Yeah, I'm not. It's like getting in the uh, if you're like um on your mission and you get in the ocean or whatever isn't that a rule like satan controls the waters yeah, like you're you're not <laughs> supposed to uh go swimming on sunday yeah or so, on I, on your mission ever. at all I think. oh maybe it's yeah maybe it's, I mean, it's probably a liability thing. thing like swimming is dangerous and nobody should do it i'm, right. I'm so famously like, anti-swimming though yeah i mean me too but i feel like it was a thing growing up that like you couldn't or you shouldn't go swimming on sunday like that was like a <laughs> not keeping the sabbath day holy sounds like a utah county thing. activity it could have been i don't know uh fun fact so nashville opened the season i think we've talked about this but nashville opened their season with one two three four like nine away games yeah of their next like let's say like 12 or 15 guess how many are on the road not many legitimately like four or five yeah yeah it's it's insane. Wow. They've got so many home games. And they've coming been up. good on the road, so they've been they've been not a bad team. Yeah. yeah. That's fun for them. Yeah. But they so, have some midweek games sprinkled on there too on a Wednesday night. 
at sure home. That'll be yeah. nice for them. Yeah. I think um, that yeah. our real struggle is the midday games. I think that's the problem. It's not so much Sunday. It's just midday. Yeah. Yeah. That's my I kind of get that I'm operating too. under. I like it. Um, so yeah, and we've, <laughs> this episode's so long. Yeah. We're, um, we're close to two hours. That's the last thing I wanted to mention. Oh yeah. Um, so our ex Fabrizio is really high. I don't know. People are following this. What? A- <laughs> Say that whole sentence again. Ex Fabrizio. Ex Fabrizio. Yeah, our, ex, like our expected Fabrizio. No, Fabrizio Romano. Mm. Um, he's Inferior tweeted about Rousa like twice this year. Okay. Which uh, is the first two times he's tweeted about RSL <laughs> in history. So we are now at X two. Or one of our ex Fabrizio's is too one of his uh tweets has not come true yet that is true um yeah he tweeted about Cuellar and then he tweeted about Sovereigno so um I, I just like this little inter- interaction that he had with our, our team account today so we announced to this uh the signing of, of Jefferson Sovereigno through the RSL page on Twitter he responded with a wink and a, a handshake <laughs> which I love <laughs> And admin slash Emma responded, did we just become best friends? And Fabrizio said, I hope so, guys. That was a good call. <laughs> and then he quote, he like linked his own tweet indicating that he was correct. <laughs> and admin slash Emma said, let us know when you need text to a, text to a game. So um, at this point, Fabrizio's our our little friend of RSL. And uh, we love to see it because I he's great. Good, good reporter. Yeah. Um, and it's fun to see him tweeting about RSL. It's fun that he cares about uh, MLS to some extent at this point. So, um, yeah, love that. Love that for us. Uh, Jefferson, I don't know how soon he's going to be here, but it can't come soon enough for me. So, yeah. Can I say something that's yes, not please. related to RSL in any way whatsoever? Yes, you may. So, Thank FC you for Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati played Toronto today and I like nobody cares um but Cincinnati won 2-0 um but I was just looking at the numbers they had six shots on target from 16 total shots their xg was four and a half (laughs) oh those are some good shots wow I mean well-placed shots four and a half xg from six shots on goal um toronto had four shots on goal from 14 shots their xg was 0.5 (laughs) beautiful the beautiful game soccer rules you guys all right yeah did you guys watch the real madrid city game earlier i watched watched a grand total of like 90 seconds of it it was so awesome and the 90 seconds was the 10 seconds before benzema got tripped up Okay. Oh, so I saw the I saw the penalty, and that was it. You see Rodrigo's <laughs> goals. I saw that there was a clip, and I tried to load it on my phone, but it wouldn't. So I gave up after like three literally seconds. both goals, ninetieth uh, and ninety first, ninetieth and ninety first minute. Incredible. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and watch it because um, CBS Sports Galazzo puts. They have a YouTube channel. and They put full oh, game yeah. highlights. They do extended highlights. They're like fifteen minutes long. They will oh, nice. Highly recommend. Gonna check that out. Great. Um. Cool. All right, guys. Well. That was a long one, but love, love y'all. We uh, appreciate you all for sticking around, and we will not break that two-hour 
No, uh, I'm going to hit stop, right? Oh, wait, we're going to add. Well, hold on, because was wait, this we, two hours from when we started the second time? No, 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 no. But oh, we have, it's going okay. to be over two hours because of, of our sweet uh, advertisers who we know and love and appreciate. Yeah. Through well, we, uh, the variety of um, overhead platforms that sponsor this podcast. So, right. Go that, team sponsors. Pay us the big bucks. That's well right. Good they job. pay my salary. So you guys wouldn't even believe my salary through RSL Soapbox. Well, yeah. Let's talk about it off air because we got 20 seconds. Yeah, I can't brag too much. Okay, anyway, uh, love everyone. Bye. Okay, bye.